Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rolcrawfordville.com. That's rolcrawfordville.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Wow, can you feel the presence of the Lord in this house? Amen. I want to encourage you to be back on Wednesday night. Brother Derek Gray is teaching on some issues that we're facing today. And he began the study this past Wednesday night on truth and how to know what truth is and how to know that the Bible is true. I'm telling you, it was absolutely awesome. He'll pick up right where he left off. Uh, and this Wednesday night will be about truth also. You need to be here because the world's real confused right now about what truth is. But we know what truth is if we know the Bible, and that's very important. And so uh, I also want to tell you that my wife is home today, as she has been the last two Sundays. So this is third Sunday. She is really suffering with shingles. Um, I mean, in bed suffering. Uh, so, so I'm asking for her prayers and, but I thought we'd extend this because I believe the prayers of a united church carry amazing and supernatural power. I believe we could say a prayer in here today that would reach all over the world because God said, if two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And if they agree as touching a matter, it shall be done for them of our Father, which is in heaven. So I simply want us to come into agreement this morning, but I also want to enlarge this prayer. If you are a member of your family or you have a loved one who's suffering today and you'd like for us to pray for them, would you just stand up? You are a member of your family is suffering. Somebody in your circle of family and friends is hurting today and they need a touch from God. Now we're standing and we're here today because we believe our God is a mighty God. And we believe he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. And we believe he can touch and heal. And so I've asked Brother Al, to lead us to the throne of grace as we pray for these, my wife and every person here who's standing. Father, we stretch our hands to thee, Lord. Yes. There's no other help that we know, Lord God. You are the voice, Lord God, of many waters, Lord God. Lord, you are the mighty rushing wind, Lord God. You are the God that never fails, Lord God. You are the God, Lord, that can meet, Lord, every issue, Lord God. Lord, you are the God that can tear down every stronghold, Lord God. You are the God that healeth thee, Lord God. Your word said you sent your word, and it healeth thee, Lord God. And we have confidence to believe, to stand, Lord God, to pray, to cry out, Lord God, because you are our God, Lord. Come in, Lord God. Oh, Father, Lord God, touch, deliver, and set free 
In the name of Jesus, oh God. Oh, we cry out to you, oh God. You are the healing mercy, oh God. You are the bomb of Gilead, oh God. You are the I am that I am. Is there anything too hard for you? There's nothing too hard for you, God. Oh, send your word and heal thee, oh God. Send your word and transform, God. Send your word, oh God, and make amends, oh God. Reconcile us, Lord. Unto you, Lord God. In you, Lord. Oh, God, all healing is available. In you, Lord God. Every bond is set free, Lord. In you, Lord God. Every chain is broken, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord God, so touch us, Lord. Touch our family members, God. Touch our bodies, Lord. Touch our minds, Lord God. Oh, Father, touch us with your healing hand. Because in you, Lord, we're made whole. We're made whole. All the captives are set free, Lord. We believe it, Lord. By the power of your stripes, God. You was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you. And by your stripes, we're believing today. By your stripes, we're believing, we're trusting you are unfailing love by your stripes. We're set free. We're whole. And Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you all adoration belongs to you. Oh, Father. Oh, Lord, we only live because of you. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord, for this prayer. We thank you, Lord God, for the saints. We thank you for the faith that you've given us on today. And Lord, we leave this prayer understanding, Lord God, that you have already moved. You have already settled it, Lord. And we have a confidence in this, Lord. Oh God, that it's done in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Al. I'm not sure how wise that was to get Brother Al up here to pray. He can pray a lot better than I can preach. <laughs> wow. Thank you for being here today. For all of our guests, we welcome you. We believe God's up to something special in this house. And we're glad you joined us. We just believe. We believe in the power of our God. This morning I want to talk to you about a strange phenomenon that took place while Jesus was on the cross. A phenomenon that I think has some parallels in each of our lives today. If you know your Bible then you know that there are indeed some strange things written in those pages, don't you? And if you don't know your Bible, start reading. You will be amazed. I mean, things like the children of Israel being led out of Egypt. And they make their way to the Red Sea. And Pharaoh's army is behind them. 
And there the Red Sea, a strange occurrence took place. God split that Red Sea until there was a wall of water on both sides. And they walked through, all the way through, on dry land. There's no one like our God. He can do some stuff. Yeah. And, and then how about this one? You talk about strange. How about Joshua? Joshua, the great military general of Israel. Joshua was in a battle against the Amorites. And he didn't have enough time to finish the battle. So he stepped out on faith. And God responded. And the Bible tells us that the sun and the moon stood still for about a whole day. That means the sun, the moon, and the earth just stopped. That means there was one day in history that was actually two days. Amazing. One of my favorite is a guy by the name of Balaam. Balaam was riding his donkey one day. And that donkey started talking to him. The Bible actually says God opened the mouth of the donkey to speak. He chastised Balaam. Don't tell me God can't speak to you any way he wants to, anytime he wants to, anywhere he wants to. A talking donkey would get my attention. I'm just telling you. Strange occurrences are recorded in the word of God. Well, when Jesus was on the cross, one of those strange things took place. Here it is. I'll read it to you. Matthew 27, verses 45 through 46. It says, Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, this passage tells us that from the sixth hour, now, that's noon. And that's not the way we tell time. For us, noon would be 12 o'clock. But the way the Jewish nation would tell time, that was noon. That was middle of the day. And three o'clock, uh, and the ninth hour would be three o'clock. So for three hours, there was darkness over the land. Three hours in the middle of the day, darkness. During the time while the supreme sacrifice for all mankind was being made on Calvary's cross, there was darkness. Matthew wrote about it. Mark wrote about it. Luke wrote about this darkness. Three times in three different books in the New Testament, we're told about three hours of darkness in the middle of the day. Now, People have gone to all kinds of extremes to explain this darkness. It is amazing what you can find if you just start doing some research. The earliest explanation was from a historian by the name of Thallus. 
And Thallus said, and by the way, he was not a believer, he was a critic. And what's interesting is he, he didn't write too long after the crucifixion itself. So he didn't deny that it happened. He just tried to explain it away. He just said it was an eclipse. Now, the problem with it being an eclipse is the longest eclipse ever recorded in history was seven minutes and 31 seconds. This was three hours. But there's also another problem with the eclipse theory, and that is that Jesus was crucified on the full moon. Do you remember? He had the Passover supper with his disciples the night before he was betrayed, and the next day he was put on the cross. The Jewish nation always had Passover on the full moon, and it is impossible to have a solar eclipse on the full moon. So that theory is out. And then there was another theory that it was a Sirocco dust storm. In northern Africa, in the Sahara Desert, they have this experience that they call, they just call it Sirocco dust storm. And it's almost like a hurricane, except it's not over water, it's over the desert, and it blows, and it's as fierce as a hurricane, but it picks up the sand and the dust, and it blows it toward the Mediterranean, toward that Mediterranean basin, and all those nations like Israel, right on the Mediterranean, and it just turns daylight into just a dark cloud. That was one theory. Another one theory that I read about is one writer said he felt like it was a volcanic eruption and there was volcanic ash that did this. And then someone else wrote that it was a huge asteroid that just came between Earth and the sun. And it was big enough it took it three hours to pass. I, honestly, I am amazed at what people will come up with to keep from believing that God is God and he can do whatever he wants to, whenever he wants to, however he wants to do it. That just, that, that amazes me. I'm shocked. Oh yeah, there's one more. Some have written that it was not a literal darkness, that it was a spiritual darkness. Now it goes without saying that there was a lot of spiritual darkness in play that day. But that cannot be the answer because historians wrote about it as a real event who were not even Christians. This is pretty amazing. The historian Phlegon, he wrote around 100 B.C. A.D. That would have been something. He wrote around 100 A.D., and this is what he said, in the fourth year of the 202nd Olympiad, A.D. 33, there was the greatest eclipse of the sun and that it became night in the sixth hour of the day, noon, so that stars even appeared in the heavens. There was a great earthquake in Bithynia and many things were overturned in Nicaea. Now, now just that tells us that it couldn't have been a Sirocco dust storm because you couldn't see stars, or it couldn't have been a volcanic eruption. So what we have is we have some historical evidence. There was another historian by the name of Africanus. He wrote shortly after Phlegon, and this is what he wrote, on the whole world. Now notice, this is a historian. 
And the Bible says over all the land. And he wrote on the whole world, there pressed a most fearful darkness and the rocks were rent by the earthquake and many places in Judea and other districts were thrown down. And then one of the most famous historians that we read behind is a guy by the name of Tertullian, the famous second century apologist who held the darkness as a cosmic or world event. Listen to what he said. He said, the light departed from the sun and the land was darkened at noonday, which wonder is related in your own annals and is preserved in your archives to this day. Do you know what Tertullian said? He said, if you're in doubt, just check the historical records. It's there. It actually happened. So this darkness was not a metaphor. It was not just something spiritual. It was a real historical event documented by eyewitnesses and legitimate historians. So what was the darkness all about? Dr. Jerry Vine said the sun blushed in the presence of the one who created it and refused to shine. I can believe that. Someone else said the son of righteousness was dying on the cross and the son of nature refused to look upon it. Another writer wrote this darkness was the only thing appropriate for what was going on that day. Here's what I believe. I believe this was God's way of saying, may I have your attention? I believe this was God's way of bringing everything in the world to a screeching halt. They didn't have electricity and generators like we do. In the middle of the day, complete darkness. God brought everything to a halt. I believe this was God saying, give me your attention. And if you doubt my interpretation, then I want to read a verse to you. It just... And this is verse 54 in the same chapter. It says, so when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they saw the darkness, they saw the earthquake. These were the people who were crucifying Jesus. When they saw all of this, they feared greatly saying, truly, this was the son of God. You think God got their attention? He did. And... And this is the only proper response to such a thing is truly this was the son of God. The darkness was pointing toward Calvary and what was going on on Calvary. Now, I tell you that what God did during those three hours, he's still doing today. God is working in your life and my life to call our attention. Now, it's not as large. It's not as big, it's not worldwide, it's more personal, but it's just as real. God has a way of talking to us, doesn't he? God has a way of getting our attention. Listen to this verse, John 12, 32. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth. Now, Jesus is talking about the cross, isn't he? He said, and when I am lifted up from the earth... When I go to the cross, when I'm lifted up and crucified, this is what I'll do. 
I will draw, say it. Let me tell you, we don't have to draw people. God's the one who does the drawing. God's the one who gets their attention. God's the one who pulls at a person's heart. Jesus said, if I go to the cross or when I go to the cross, this is what I'll do is I'll draw all people to myself. Now, he doesn't say they will all come to him. He just says he'll draw them. He will draw all people. He will call for the attention of all people. It may be that he's drawing you to salvation. It may be that he's drawing us to a closer walk with him. It may be he's drawing us to a point where we can behold his glory. God loves to demonstrate his glory. But God is always calling for our attention. I'm preparing a message on a strange phenomenon. I'm getting ready to preach a sermon on a strange happening for which there is no explanation. And let me tell you something about your pastor. I, I personally have some strange ways. And sometimes when I am preparing a message, I'll get in my Bible and I'll get on my computer and I'll study for a while and I'll spend time. And then it just gets in me and I can't, I can't contain it. And I go out in the yard. And I walk. I know my neighbors sometimes think I'm strange. Because I walk and I preach. Sometimes I point my finger. Sometimes I hold my hands toward heaven. And sometimes I forget about everything else in the world. And I just, I'm out there. I'm just going through it. Just doing, just, just doing what I feel led to do in the presence of the Lord. And this past Friday, just two days ago, I was out walking and I was doing this thing and I had my hands out like this. I don't, I don't know how many of you talk with your hands, but if I were to lose my hands, I'd have to quit. Because <laughs> I talk with my hands. And I was doing this and then all of a sudden, something strange happened. I looked up and there was something flying straight at me. And as it got closer, I realized that it was a dragonfly. And I did not think about what I did. I just did it. I think it was the Lord. This dragonfly is flying right at me and just incoming not slowing down. And I just took my hand and did that. And that little fellow landed right on the back of my hand. He just landed right there. I thought, my stars, what is going on? Now, I told you I was a little bit strange, so I decided to talk to the dragonfly. What are you up to today, buddy? <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. He, my nose in, I don't know if they have noses, but if he had a nose, I mean, we were this close. And I, I reached up and got my glasses and I put my glasses on and, and I just, I looked at this dragonfly. Never been that close up with a dragonfly. They really are beautiful. 
the colors, the, the intricate work on the wings. I'm looking at this dragonfly. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said to me, I created that dragonfly. He's beautiful because I made him beautiful. I am standing outside. It is 90 degrees. And I have chill bumps running all up and down my body. I'm saying, to God be the glory. How'd you do that? And I pressed in a little closer. And I'm, you know, I don't know how many legs I got. Maybe six. Look it up later. But with those front two legs, that the closer I got, this little guy just reached up and just cleaned his eyes. I don't know what he was thinking, but he was checking me out. And then I thought this. I, I, I thought to myself, I wonder if he'll let me pet him. And I took my finger, and I actually asked permission first. I said, can I pet you? And I took my finger, and I took that dragonfly, and I just rubbed him. He just looked at me like I was his best friend. I just rubbed him. And then I thought, I, I need something to remember this. I want to take a picture, but I've got him in my right hand. My phone's in my, my right pocket. So I reach all the way around to my right pocket, pull my phone out, get my phone out, and I take a picture of this dragonfly. I want you to see it. (laughs) There's only one thing I don't like about that picture. I don't know where the old man skin comes from. I mean, that's almost embarrassing. But that, that guy, he's good looking, isn't he? Yeah, and you can, if you get close enough, you can see their eyes inside their eyes. I guess it's their pupils, they're, they're moving around. And I stood there in chill bumps and I started thinking about scriptures in the Psalms. It says, let every creature bring glory to God. Let everything that's alive, let everything that has breath bring glory to God. And 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 this went on for 10 minutes. And I'm just looking at him. I I took some other pictures, but I'll show you those later. (laughs) But anyway, I put my phone up and I said, oh, God, right out loud. That's what I said. I said, oh, God, you have my attention. You are glorious. In all of your ways. And then I smiled at him. And he smiled at me. And then he just flew away. Now some of you are probably thinking right about now. The pastor has lost his mind. Pastor you're losing your mind. I'm sorry to tell you. But I'm not losing my mind. I lost it a long time ago. I I lost a lot of things. I lost my negative attitude. I lost my critical spirit. And I lost, listen, I lost all of my skepticism when it comes to what God can and cannot do. He is God. 
He has no limits. He has no boundaries. He's the creator of the universe. He can do all things according to His will. And if He wants to interrupt the laws of nature and put darkness over the land in the middle of the day, He can do it. If He wants to send a dragonfly to land on my hand to shout glory to God, He can do it. He is God. He is God. He is God. Oh, my stars. You see, God's in the business of getting our attention. I just think we're so dull and slow and out of tune and out of touch that most of the time we don't know it. You know that dream you had? That dream that was so real that you didn't even know it was a dream until you woke up? You remember that vision you had where God let you see something that you could hardly believe that's so outside of the realm of possibility, but yet you saw it? Do you remember that scripture that you read and it just jumped off the page at you and you couldn't get it out of your brain and you just kept thinking about that scripture? You remember that blessing that came to you out of nowhere? No one even knew what you needed. But God sent it to you. Oh, do you, do, you, do you remember that adversity, that hardship, that thing you were going through for which there was no explanation? Do you, do you know that sickness? You may have it now or maybe you've had it in the past and you just couldn't get over that sickness. What is all that? Friends, that's God saying, give me your attention. Give me your attention. Now, there are those who will tell us that God does not deal with his children that way. That God doesn't bring hardship, difficulty, or sickness on his own children. It's preached all over the land. But I'm not real sure which Bible they're reading. Because my Bible says that if God loves you, he brings chastisement upon you. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens even as a father, the son in whom he delights. If God loves you, he'll bust your bottom. If God loves you, he'll get your attention when you're trying to give your attention to something else. And the Bible also says no chastisement is pleasing at the moment, but afterward it brings forth the peaceful fruits of righteousness. It's not pleasing at the moment. You can go through something that's not pleasing at the moment, but God is doing it because he wants to bring you from where you are to a righteous place with him. Oh, friends. Uh, one more story. Jesus and his disciples are walking. There's a blind man beside the road. And the disciples ask a very realistic question. Why is he blind? Did his parents sin? Or did he sin? It's so interesting. I think this is John the ninth chapter. You can look it up. It's so interesting. And Jesus responded to them. This is not about sin. I'm sorry, but everything's not about sin. Sometimes it's about the glory of God. And Jesus said to them, this is not because he sinned. It's not because his parents sinned. This blindness has happened to him that the glory of God might be revealed. And then Jesus healed him. Don't you kid yourself. Sometimes God will let weakness come into your life so that he can demonstrate his glory. Even the apostle Paul says, when I am weak. Then I am strong. Oh, my goodness. 
We serve an inescapable God. You just can't get away from Him. You can't get rid of Him. It just won't work. I don't know if you've ever heard any sermons by the great S.M. Lockridge, but I encourage you to do so. Dr. Lockridge said, yeah, you just, you can't get away from him. You can't do away with him. The Lord just will not go away. He said you can try to destroy him by fire, but he'll refuse to burn. He said you can try to destroy him by water, but he'll walk on the water. He said you can try to destroy him with a strong wind, but the tempest will lick his hands and lie down at his feet. He said you can try to destroy him by the law, but you'll find no fault in him. You can try to destroy him with the seal of an empire, but he'll break it. You can try to destroy him by putting him in a grave, but he'll rise and walk out of that grave. You can try to destroy him by neglecting him and ignoring him, but it won't be long. You will hear a still small voice saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him and sup with him and he with me. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. My goodness. We have an inescapable God. Even if you totally deny his existence and reject his calling, you still can't escape him. One day you'll stand before him in judgment. It just happens. You see, when there was darkness over the entire land, God was calling the attention of the world of what was going on on Calvary. But I can tell you over and over and over in our lives individually, God is calling for our attention to what he's done for us. What he sacrificed for us. I fully believe that one day on judgment day, God will be able to say, listen up now. God will be able to say to multitudes, millions of people, he'll be able to say, I got your attention, and you know I got your attention, but I never got your heart. I never got your heart. I got your attention, but you never gave me your heart. You see, that's what God wants. And there's somebody here today, and you really, really, really need to hear this. God wants your heart more than he wants your obedience. Because in reality, you can't obey him until he has your heart. It just won't work. People have tried. I guarantee you there's somebody here today and you've tried. You've tried to obey him without giving him your heart. And it always fails. It won't work. Because he wants your heart. I want to ask you today. Would you give your heart to the Lord? That's what he wants. He's not going to leave you alone. If he's drawing you, he's drawing you. If he's calling you, 
And it's important for you to respond. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for casting darkness over the world while the supreme sacrifice was being made. And thank you, Lord, for the times you send darkness over our lives so that you can get our attention, so that we'll look toward the only source, the only hope, the only way to really live. Father, I pray if there are those here who have never known you as Savior, that you'll draw them, get their attention. And that you'll draw them and they will respond. That they will give you more than just their attention. They'll give you their hearts. I pray for every Christian here today, including myself, Lord, that as you draw us closer and closer to you, that we will respond. That we will say, you have my attention. And that we'll go all the way with our God. I pray, Father, that if you're calling our attention to the glorious things that you've created so that we give you glory with our own words and our own actions, Lord, that we will respond. I pray, Father, that this altar will become a place today where hearts are surrendered. And I pray for that very person here today who is struggling with an addiction, a stronghold, a habit, something that's that's derailing everything in life. I pray, Father, that you will speak to that heart and that they'll understand that the first step is we give you our hearts. And then you begin to work in our lives for obedience. Lord, I pray if there are those here who need to join River of Life, make this their church home, that they'll meet me down front, Lord, and make that decision today. Lord, bless and do what only you can do. Draw the hearts of people to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Will you stand as we sing? The altar is open. I'll be here at the front. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.